And it is another week. This is Andrew Wood, Executive Director of Hope Resource Center. Thank you so much for tuning in, whether that be live over at Joy620 or you're listening to the podcast at investinghope.com, Google Play, iTunes, Podbeam, wherever podcasts are found, you can find this show. We are grateful for your partnership and for you listening. It, you know, what we try to do every single week is, is kind of open your eyes to some things that are happening around the country, around the world when it comes to life and abortion. Maybe some articles that you haven't had a chance to see, uh, that weren't in your news feed, that weren't on your timeline on social media. Uh, my goal is to bring those to your attention and have some dialogue about what is happening. So, uh, a lot to talk about today. We're going to continue the conversation that we've been having over the last few weeks when it comes to uh, kind of abortion and pro-choice, pro-life and your faith. And so specifically discussing uh, Catholics and, and, and the, the conversations that are happening uh, around the Catholic faith with Joe Biden, with Nancy Pelosi, uh, being outspoken abortion proponents while also claiming to be Catholic. And, and so the, the question of should they receive communion or not, uh, and, and that conversation continues. You have folks uh, that, that are saying a lot about that, so we're going to discuss that. Today we're also going to look at some, uh, some other things that are happening uh, that I do think is important, especially looking at, at President Biden's own words when it comes to uh, his faith, his, uh, his stance on abortion, and how... A lot of times what we do is we allow our faith to intertwine with our policy opinions when it's convenient. But when it's inconvenient, we say, look, there's a separate, there's a separation between our faith and our policy opinions. And I'm going to go into that more, uh, here in a little bit to, to, Dissect that a little bit more because what it's interesting a thing that we do people on the right and people on the left that when it's an issue that we care about and faith lines up with it we we say we believe this because of our faith when it's an issue that we care about and faith doesn't line up with it or scripture doesn't line up with it we say well I can be a faithful person and also hold this belief and my faith shouldn't intertwine with my policy beliefs and and that that's inconsistent it's hypocritical and we're going to talk about that uh here in a little bit but let's start with an article over at National Review uh discussing uh bishops and abortion so uh the New York Times opinion page page has published its latest piece attempting to make it appear as if pro-life catholics don't understand their own religion Prominent historian Gary Wills has been studying the Catholic Church and its history for far longer uh, than the author of this article has. So, uh, of course, you know, he cannot claim ignorance as a defense for having published an op-ed that so grotesquely manipulates the facts in order to defend legal abortion. Wills begins from the premise that Catholic bishops in the U.S. are doing something that, in reality, no one is doing. Quote, trying to deny the reception of Holy Communion by the President of the United States for not working to prevent abortion, end quote. As Will surely knows, the complaint of Catholics and their leaders is not that Biden fails to prevent abortion, but rather that he actively promotes abortion, legal until birth and funded by taxpayers. While continuing to profess the faith of the Catholic Church, which has for centuries condemned the taking of all innocent human life. So did you catch the delineation there? Did you catch the difference there? So it's not that we're, it's not that, that faithful people, Catholic people, Christi- Christians, 
It's not that they're upset that Biden is doing nothing to prevent abortion. It's that he's promoting abortion. His policies are promoting abortion. His health and human services uh, department is promoting abortion. The, the CDC, the FDA, all of these organizations within the Biden administration are making it easier to receive abortion. And so it isn't that he's just not preventing abortion. It's that he's promoting the taking of innocent human life via abortion all the way up to birth. But it turns out Wills is not so sure that an unborn child is a human life after all. He asserts that his own, quote, clipped fingernails or trimmed hairs are human life, end quote, as if the fact that his body generates human cells somehow negates an unborn child's own fingernails, hair, heartbeat, and indeed entire genetic code totally distinct from both mother and father. Now, now think about that. A man trying to argue in favor and to defend the president of the United States, who claims to be Catholic, uh, to defend his position on abortion, goes and starts saying, well, my own clipped fingernails and, and my trimmed hairs are human life that I'm ending. No, that's, that's nonsensical. When I get a haircut, it is not a moral or ethical decision that I'm making on, oh, am I ending life here? Because guess what? I walk in to the barbershop and I'm breathing. I walk out of the barbershop and I'm breathing. I may have shorter hair, but I'm breathing. When I clip my fingernails, I'm breathing before and after. So it's a nonsensical argument. And, and frankly, it's an ignorant uh, elementary type argument to make when you, when you talk about hair and, 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 uh, and fingernails having life. When we say that about the unborn baby, that they have their own hair color, that they have their own, their own fingernails, their own organs. If it was just a matter of, hey, we're, we're going into the womb and we're going to clip their fingernails before they come out of the womb or we're going to give them a haircut before they come out of a womb, we're not having an ethical discussion on that. Now that would be dumb, but, but we're not, we're not trying to talk about morality when it comes to that. Because guess what? Abortion does so much more than that. It actually ends the life. Whether it be surgically ending the life in a very violent, aggressive manner that, that we would not condone for any other animal on the planet, but yet for some reason we condone it when it comes to humans, or they're taking a pill that ends the heartbeat and ends the life of the baby. You see, that's what we're dealing with here, not fingernails and hair. We're dealing with actual, actual lives. And it's a slap in the face to make any other argument. Meanwhile, later in the piece, he offers a sloppy defense of abortion that would fit better in a freshman dorm room than in the pages of the Times. The claim that, quote, at least half of the fertilized eggs fail to adhere to the uterus, end quote. In Will's view, this makes God guiltier than the abortionist if we believe an unborn child has moral worth. Wills can defend abortion if he must, but he is entitled to hand wave away biology with arguments as sophomoric as these. Elsewhere, he lambasts, quote, the cult of the fetus, end quote, pointing out that some women don't take pains to bury their unborn child after a miscarriage, and indeed that the Catholic Church itself doesn't require it. But that doesn't negate the humanity of the unborn child, much less serve as a defense of deliberate efforts to kill her. Along the way, Wills botches several key facts, ascribing views to St. Augustine and Thomas Aquinas that, that did not profess in claiming 
that the church has abandoned all efforts to root its defense of human life in sacred scripture. An assertion easily disproven by a quick skim of relevant portions of the catechism. In closing, Wills bizarrely insists that Pope Francis is, quote, on the side, end quote, of women who have, quote, had abortions and still consider themselves Catholics, end quote. The Pope surely believes, as all Catholics do, in the love and mercy of God, in the reality of repentance, forgiveness, and redemption. So, in one sense, Wills is correct. But his claim isn't true in the way he means it. Though progressives prefer to pretend otherwise, Pope Francis has spoken out consistently and forcefully in defense of unborn human life, and the Catholic bishops have every reason to do the same. So, so let's think about that for a second. When, when we say that we believe in grace and mercy, when we say that we love everyone, when we say that Scripture is there to love and care for everyone, when we say that Jesus is loving of everyone, no matter how sinful we are, that does not excuse away sin. Like, are we, are we grasping that? That's why when, in, in scripture, Paul said, just because grace abounds, it doesn't mean sin should abound even more. Do you understand what that means? That means that we as, as believers, do not go live a life of debauchery because we know grace is on the other side. That's not how it works. If you are a believer and your life has been transformed, then you are living your life in accordance with Scripture. That doesn't mean we don't mess up. It doesn't mean that we're perfect. But what it also means is we don't have a free ride to do whatever we want to do because we know that grace is on the other side. Is there grace for the post-aborted woman and man? 100% yes. But that doesn't mean we go around and say, then just have all the abortions you want. Because grace is on the other side. No, that's not how this works. And it's frustrating to me when people claim a faith that does not go in line with their lifestyle. It does not go in line with their policy. It does not go in line with anything of who they are. Yet they claim it. And so I'm sorry if, if, if I'm expected to, to look at President Biden and say, yeah, I know what your faith says and I know what the Catholic Church has, has said on the issue of abortion for Years and years and years. Actually, they were one of the first ones to the table in 1973 after Roe v. Wade to say this is not okay. So, so excuse me for saying, well, well, then Joe Biden claiming to be a Catholic, he needs to show that in his life. I would say the same for anyone that, that claims a faith. What, what are you doing to show that in your life? You see, today, pretty much every American would say that slavery was wrong. Today, pretty much every American would say that women should have the right to vote. Today, pretty much every American would say that the civil rights movement and the ability to, to make all men equal and free was the right thing to do. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you want to talk about uh, how history is going to report on this? The issue of abortion, with how far we've progressed as a as a country, with how far we progress when it comes to science and technology, 
generations are going to look back at the, the way we're handling this and the way we're ending lives in the womb and go, that was grotesque and barbaric. You see, we look at North Korea and we say what they do to their people is grotesque and bar- are barbaric. And yet we are the same when it comes to abortion as North Korea. So how can we look and say they're grotesque and barbaric while we're doing the exact same thing to our babies in the womb? You see, we've politicized everything. So when this issue gets brought up now, it's like, well, if I say I'm the, that I'm against abortion, then then you're going to think I'm a Republican. Or if I say I'm for abortion, you're going to think I'm a Democrat. Instead of just saying, hey, y'all, everyone should agree that it's life in the womb and it shouldn't have its life ended simply because we want it to be ended. Simply because it's convenient. And when you start making comparisons, and when you start making these ridiculous arguments of like, well, my my skin follicles have cells and they're technically life, and anytime I rub my arm, I'm actually ending... No, that's nonsense. And it's a weak argument. If, you're, if you've reached the point of making that argument, you lost the debate. You lost. But something like that can be can be published in the New York Times. It's silly. It's silliness surrounding a very heavy topic, and that's what irks me more than anything. We don't have time to be silly when heartbeats are being ended. And that's silliness. And, and, and we're going to see. We're going to see. And it's time the church would really stand up and hold folks accountable. We'll be back. So speak light, speak light, to the deadest, darkest night. Speak light, speak light. So we need to spend some time talking about these things again because this is what the culture is is becoming. You know, when, when we when we sit down and accept abortion as a norm, which we've done for uh, going on 40 years, when we accept it as a norm, when, when we have folks say with a straight face that it is a, a human right to end the life of another human. I mean, think about that. Not It's nonsense. Oh, this is a human rights issue. While we get to end the life of a human that we say have no rights. I mean, do, do you understand that? They're saying that it's a human rights, a woman's right issue. And in, in making the argument... They are saying that one's rights trump another's rights. So that the baby in the womb has no rights. The baby in the womb, whether male or female, it doesn't matter. They have no rights. That's what they're saying. I mean, we live in a society where the rights of babies inside of a animal in some cases, are more protected than the rights of a human growing inside of a human. It's nonsense. And and I talked earlier during the intro about how some folks conveniently take Scripture and mesh it with their policy when it works. So when it comes to immigration and other things, it's, well, Scripture says this. 
But when it comes to abortion, they, oh, you know, my scripture doesn't define where I stand on this issue. And so there's another piece talking about this. It's the, the, the author says, I'm not a Catholic, and so I don't have much to say on the theological aspects of Joe Biden's contortions on abortion policy. Yet, this justification has always struck me as especially preposterous. Biden's position is that while he may not support abortion personally, there is a distinction between his own views and those which he seeks to impose as a government official. So he is pro-choice. That's a position in line with many Catholics, including Dick Durbin. For starters, modern progressivism is an imposition on personal freedoms that is predicated on a moral doctrine. The left's case for the expansion of the welfare state or Medicare for all are all propelled by moral arguments. No one asks what faith or belief system informs that morality. Democrats often refer to budgets as, quote, moral documents, end quote. Is a contemporary leftist offended by the theological arguments undergirding the abolitionists and civil rights movements? I've never heard a Democrat complain about Catholicism informing the views on the death penalty or immigration. No, only on abortion do Catholic Democrats suddenly embrace the distinction between faith and policy position. So, so let's park there for a second. It's the same thing when people say, you know, the, that your faith has no room in the voting booth. Well, that's crazy. I can't divorce myself from my faith just because I'm in a voting booth. I can't divorce myself from my faith when I'm having a conversation with a neighbor. I can't divorce myself from my faith when I make decisions. Because if I am claiming to be something, identify as something as a Christian... Then, then I don't get to, to divorce myself from my faith and from my Christianity when I choose it, when I choose. That's not how it works. But that's what they want you to believe. Oh, well, I've, I've heard people look me in the face and say, well, personally, I'm pro-life, but, but I can't support a, a policy that would, that would say abortion is wrong. Well, what are you doing then? Well, personally, I'm against drunk driving, but I can't support a bill that would that would ban it. Personally, I'm against murder, but I can't support a bill that would ban somebody else from murdering. Who am I to say if it's right or wrong? I mean, personally, I, I feel that it's wrong. Well, that's a cop-out. It's the same thing that, that Pilate did when, uh, that Pontius Pilate did when they said, crucify him, and he said, I'm just going to wash my hands of it. I, I have no... I'm going to wash the blood off my hands. No, the blood was on your hands. It's the same thing that men tell women. Hey, I'll support you in whatever decision decision you, you make when it comes to abortion. That's a cop-out. It's a coward's way out. Do you stand for something or nothing? Because when you say personally I am blank, and but but legislatively I am blank, then you're not standing. You're a coward. You're taking the easy way out. We see this on the Republican side and Democratic side. It's not just a one-way street there. But it's the coward's way out. And I, I, mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe you want a coward to, to run the country. I, I don't. I don't care what letters beside their name. We don't need cowards. We need people that will stand for the right thing. Even when it's hard. Even when it's unpopular. 
stand for the right thing. Second, Catholic Democrats such as Joe Biden and Dick Durbin don't really have any compunction imposing pro-choice morality on others, whether it be forcing nuns to chip in for uh, abortion drugs under Obamacare or eliminating the Hyde Amendment and forcing pro-lifers to pay for abortions with tax dollars. So the, the question that we ask is, does the president believe that this was a question asked to the press secretary of the president of the United States? Does the president believe that a 15 week old unborn baby is a human being? That was asked to Jen Paskey at today's White House briefing. Are you asking me? This was her answer. Are you asking me if the president supports the right to choose? He does. She responded. Well, if Biden believes that a 15-week-old unborn baby is a human being, whether through this Catholicism or through science and reason, and supports choice, he is sustaining policies that impose violence on hundreds of thousands of defenseless people. Think about that. So when when, when they refuse to answer the question, is a 15-week-old in the womb a human being or not? Why is that an important question? Because if their answer is yes... And they also agree that abortion is okay at 15 weeks, then that is grotesque. And un- it's, it's shocking to me that they continue to refuse to answer. Nancy Pelosi also refused to answer that question. Is a 15 week old in the womb a human being or not? If it is, and you stand for abortion, then you are standing for the violent death of a human. An innocent one at that. And if your answer is, no, it is not a human being, then you are anti-science. That's a, that's a phrase that gets thrown around a lot. Well, if you believe that an unborn, that, that a 15-week-old baby in the womb is not human, then you are anti-science. Period. And so, the question is important because we constantly see them dodge it and they refuse to answer. They won't say yes and they won't say no because they know deep down that it is a human. But if they say, yes, it's a human, then their argument looks really grotesque. And if they say, no, it's not a human, then they look like they're anti-science. And so what do we do? We skate around it. We say, well, well, are you asking if the president is pro-choice? Then yes, that's, well, no, that's not what we're asking. Matter of fact, that's not what anybody asked. They were asking, do you believe that a 15-week-old in the womb is a human or not? And if you don't believe it's a human, then, then, sir, what is it? Please elaborate. What is it? Please tell me. What are we seeing on the screen of an ultrasound at 15 weeks if it's not human? What is it? Yet, they're never going to answer that. There is no logical reason say cynical politics for Biden to compartmentalize this single issue. Nothing says religion can't color your political positions. We don't pass laws banning blasphemy because they conflict with the First Amendment. If Catholics wanted to compel tithe, that would be one thing. But if your faith tells you abortion is the taking of a life, the political arena is a perfectly legitimate place to try to affect change. The pro-life position, after all, doesn't conflict with any tenet of American life, which isn't something we can really say for most of progressivism's doctrinal edicts. And so, yeah, that, that's where we're at. They won't answer that question because no matter how they answer it, they're going to look wrong because they are wrong. 
And, and my question would be, throughout the pandemic, we've been erring on the side of life, have we not? If we can just save one life, we need to do it. That's what we've been told. How come we don't err on the side of life when it comes to abortion? Simple question. Because it's the golden calf. You want to talk about religion? It's the golden calf. We'll be back. So, as I was saying as we ended the last segment, abortion's the golden calf issue. Now, now you'll have people that, that are that are pro-abortion, that, that are anti-religion. They have no faith. They're atheists. They're agnostics. They, they believe in some kind of spiritual force, but... Ultimately, do what you want to do. Do what makes you happy. That's kind of their mindset. <clears throat> Yet, the golden calf is abortion. How do I know this? Well, I know it because of the, the New York Times op-ed that, that kind of twists itself up to, to make an argument for Catholics being pro-choice. We know this because of the cable news outlets and, and the, the attack on pro-lifers. We, we've seen this with the attack on the March for Life in D.C., we see this with any time the Supreme Court is about to take up a case, they, they get all twisted and upset because it's the golden calf. You see, they want to argue that it's women's rights, and they want you to believe. They want you to believe that all of your neighbors in this country, they want you to believe that all of them think abortion is okay all the way up to birth. That is a lie from the pit of hell. It's not true. And, and that's not just me saying that. Poll after poll after poll says that. I mean, frankly, it's, it would be a political slam dunk if the Democrats would come out and say, and abortion proponents, uh, proponents would come out and say, yeah, a ban on abortion in the third trimester is something that we can support. I mean, it would be a political slam dunk to say a ban on abortion in the second trimester would, would be accepted. A political slam dunk. How do I know that? Because the polls say it is. On Friday, the Associated Press released the results of a poll on abortion attitudes that they conducted in mid-June. Uh, the survey results contain good news for pro-lifers, indicating that 65% of Americans, 65% of Americans think that second trimester abortion should be, quote, illegal in all or most cases, end quote. Similarly, the poll also found that 80% of Americans think that third trimester abortion should be illegal in all or most cases. Did you hear that? Now, if you just watched the news, and if you just read the news, and if you just watched Twitter, and if you just looked at Facebook, and if you just paid attention to uh, all these news outlets, would you know that to be true? Or... Would you get a sense that, that pro-lifers were out here on this island all by ourselves? No one agrees with us. We're losing the battle. Hear those numbers again. 65% of Americans think that second trimester abortion should be illegal in most, if not all, cases. Uh, okay. 80% believe the same thing when it comes to third trimester. For those of you that are not involved in politics and don't pay attention to polls, that is a slam dunk poll. Slam dunk. You want to win an election? You find an issue that 65% to 80% of people agree with and you run on that platform. 
and you watch the election, how it goes. I mean, not that I want to help in crafting language, but if they crafted language that said, you know, we believe that abortion in its earliest stages is is necessary, but when it comes to second and third trimesters, we, we believe it should be uh, restricted, you're going to win. Now, I don't agree with that. I think we should restrict it all the way to the to the beginning. But that is a winning argument. Now, why won't they make it? Why won't they make that argument? They won't make the argument because they're scared, because they're cowards. They won't make that argument because, well, the polls may say that, but but Twitter folks may come after me. The polls may say that, but I don't want the mob to come after me and cancel me. It's the same reason why Joe Biden, for his entire political career, has been in favor of the Hyde Amendment, which says that, that government funds, taxpayer dollars, will not pay for abortion. It's the same reason that that, governor, that that President Biden, throughout his career, has said that he is pro-life personally, that that is that has been okay with restrictions for abortions in the second and third trimester. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, some of the, the folks in the Democratic primary start saying Joe Biden's not pro-choice enough, and he comes out and says, oh, I, I, I'm, I've been in favor of abortion my whole life. Yeah, we need to get rid of the Hyde Amendment. We need more abortions. Now, why did he do that? He did that because he got scared and he was a coward. Instead of standing firm and saying, no, this is a conviction of mine, and I'm going to stand for my convictions even if they are unpopular, and in this case, they would actually be popular, but I'm going to stand for what it's right. Because conviction matters and principles matter, and, and that's what I'm going to do. No, we don't have that anymore today. We don't have men and women that will be willing to stand for convictions and for what it's right. We, because we got to stand for what's popular or what we assume is popular or what's trending on Twitter. And if that's how we're making policy decisions, then God help us all. The results of the poll are broadly consistent with other surveys which show that strong majorities of Americans oppose abortion after the first trimester. The demographic breakdowns of the result was interesting. The poll found strong opposition to second and third trimester abortions across a wide range of demographic groups. In fact, self-identified Democrats and those who identified as, quote, non-religious were the only two demographic groups in which a majority of respondents thought that second trimester abortion should be, quote, legal in all or most circumstances. Majorities of independents, Republicans, evangelical Christians, and those from other religions opposed second trimester abortions. Additionally, when it comes to third trimester abortions, strong majorities of all demographic groups surveyed, including Democrats and the non-religious, thought third trimester abortion should be illegal in all or most cases. Now, why is that? Why is that? Because there's no denying in the third trimester that it's a human. Now, I would argue there's no denying at any point in the pregnancy that it's human, but here, such is life. That's where we are. But there's certainly no denying in the third trimester that the baby is, is there and alive and, and, and a real-life human. And so even those that would claim to be Democrats and non-religious, those that, that would be the most supportive of abortion, in a poll can't bring themselves to say that third trimester abortions are okay. Think about that. And here's the interesting thing. 
When we get into a discussion about third and second trimester, we're talking about days apart. So for some folks today, it's okay to have an abortion, but tomorrow, oh, it's third trimester, no longer okay. A 24-hour period. Now, we've done this exercise before. When you have a conversation with somebody about life and abortion, that's what we do. We, we ask, well, when is it okay? Is it okay at nine months? Is it okay at eight months? Is it okay at seven months, six months, five months, four months? Whenever they say, yes, it's okay there. So let's say they say it's okay at two months. What about two months and one day? What about two months and two days? What about, so if it's not okay at two months, what about one month and 30 days? You see, nothing has changed except time and development. That's all. I'm the same human today. I'll be 37 years old next week. Same human today as I was 37 years ago growing inside of my mom's belly. The only difference is proximity and development. That's it. Same DNA I have today, I had then. Same blood type I have today, I had then. Same organs I had today, I had then. Same red hair, just some white in it now. But you see what I'm saying? This is why the, the, they, they bring themselves to make dumb arguments, because they've lost. Now, now faith has, has said that life has value since the beginning. The problem with simply making the faith argument is there are some people that aren't faith people. They're not gospel people. They don't believe in the authority of Scripture. They don't believe in a God or in, a, in an authority. So when you make an argument to them based in faith, in a biblical worldview, that means nothing to them. If anything, it may turn them away. So we always knew that once science caught up to Scripture, once science caught up to the faith argument, then the tables would turn. Well, that's where we are. Science has caught up. And now science goes, that's a human. No denying that. Ultrasound, that's a human. No denying that. That's, listen, that's a heartbeat. No denying that. Baby's hiccuping in the, in the womb. No denying that. Oh, baby needs surgery in the womb. We're going to have to sedate the baby because baby feels pain. So we're going to have to sedate the baby, do the surgery, and, and, cause we, we want to protect them. No denying that. Well, well, what about the argument that abortion that, that abortion proponents make where they say babies don't feel pain? Well, well, why are we sedating the baby in the womb for a surgery if they don't feel pain? Of course they feel pain. We know that. You see, science is caught up. So they've lost the debate when it comes to just a, an issue of debate. They've lost that. The question now is, what are we willing to do with that? What are we willing to do with the knowledge and wisdom that we have? We, we as a society, we as a country have, have looked in the mirror in the past and said, hey, this isn't right. We need to fix it. We've done that a number of times. When are we going to do that on the issue of abortion? And look in the mirror and say, we, we've done this for, for years and it's not right and it's not okay. 
we got to make a change. When is that going to happen? I pray sooner rather than later. We'll be back. Yeah, I've said it multiple times on this show that if you ever need a pick-me-up, just put in Huey Lewis in the news. My goodness. Because that's the power of love. And, uh, you know, I, I, I used to walk around. I had the cassette tape of Huey Lewis in the news. We'd go on trips to, like, family vacation to Gatlinburg, and my parents would buy us all whatever cassette tape we wanted to play in our Walkman. And... uh and that was mine, Huey Lewis in the News. They're good stuff. Uh, hopefully today's conversation has been productive. Look, you know, <clears throat> we talk about this a lot uh, every single week. And, and the reason we talk about it is because, uh, obviously, it's an issue that I'm passionate about and, and care deeply about. It's why we do the work we do at Hope Resource Center. Um, but not just that. If we're going to be a society that claims to stand for the vulnerable, if we're going to be a society that claims to stand for those who cannot stand for themselves, if we're going to be a society that claims to be the most progressive, productive, fruitful nation this world has ever seen, we are going to have to look in the mirror and admit our wrongs. And we've done that. We've done that over and over and over. That's what makes America special. You know, we're coming up on the 4th of July and in uh, in our independence and the freedom that we have. The reason why we did what we did is because we wanted religious freedom. We wanted the freedom to speak, to say what we wanted to. Even, I mean, on here I've called uh, political leaders cowards. Now, am I concerned that that when I go out to my van, when I leave the studio, there's going to be people waiting on me? No. Why? Because of freedom. That's why. And it's a beautiful thing. But but we will not be the freest country, the most progressive, fruitful, powerful country this nation has ever seen if we are unwilling to stand for the most vulnerable that are growing in the womb. We just won't. We are going to be held accountable. Great generations are defined by how they stood for the vulnerable. The question is, how will we be defined? Because we can disagree about taxes and we can disagree about uh, political structures and we can disagree about political parties and what everybody stands for and, and, you know, how to handle homelessness and how to handle the border and how to handle all these things. We can disagree with that. But when it comes to the fundamental right to life, this isn't just a disagreement on policy. This is a policy that is actually allowing the ending of a human life. And it's a policy that... that for some, is celebrated. It's not even a, a, a decision that they're wrestling with. It's not a policy uh, conversation that they really struggle and wrestle with. 
You know, there's a lot of those policies that we wrestle with and struggle with. And where do I stand on that issue? And, you know, I can see both sides and it's so easy to see both sides. Yeah, not, not this one. Not this one. Why? Because there's a life involved. An innocent life. Why are we so bent out of shape and, and, and concerned and worried about what happened to little summer whales here in East Tennessee that's been missing for many days? Five year old, five years old. And all the local news is talking about it. And the Amber Alerts are still up on the, on the screens as you drive down the interstate. And my phone is getting alerts on, uh, what's going on with summer whales. Why are we concerned with that? We're concerned with it because it's an innocent five year old. And when we look at her, we see our own daughter. We see our own son. We see our own child. And we imagine our five-year-old being lost. We don't know where they're at. That's why it bothers us. That's why it concerns us. Yet for some reason, that little, that little girl that, that we're concerned about at five years old that is missing, if she were to have been aborted, no concern. Local news isn't reporting on that number, but it's happening every single day, not just in our community, but across the state and across the country. That's a concern. Should be. We get worked up and bent out of shape when when kids are messed with because it bothers us because we know how innocent they are. Yet we allow for 3,000 abortions every single day. You don't see that ticker happening on CNN. That death toll, you're, you're, not, you're not getting reports on your phone about that. Why not? It's a question we need to wrestle with. We'll talk to you next week.